Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's Let's hit hit the the grind. grind. Welcome to the show. Uh, My name is Menachem. I'm the VP Growth here at Calabria. And my name is Sharon, and I am the Senior Content and Community Manager at Calabria. Uh, And we're joined today by Laurie Richardson, uh, who we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, But before we start, I just want to say again, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, it's a sales uh, and account management podcast. So you're you're the people that we want to be talking to. And we're building an app that's meant just for you. We're looking for design partners, uh, early beta users that can help us make this app uh, as good as it can possibly be. So uh, please reach out to us. Uh, There's a join now. Join the early beta button on the website. Uh, Can't miss it. Um, and uh, reach out to us if you'd like to take a look. We are joined today by Lori Richardson, <laughs> B2B sales revenue growth strategist, uh, virtual sales kickoff speaker, and author, where uh, we'll hear more about her book soon, uh, sales coach at Harvard Business School, and the podcast host of uh, the Women in Sales for Women in Sales for Women Sales Pros. Uh, and the founder of Women's Sales Pro, uh, Lori. A lot of a lot of women in sales. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, uh, welcome to the Customer Cafe. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Your new book, She Sells. Tell us about it. What goes on? Yeah. So this is a new book. It's a very short read, as you can see. It's designed for managers and mm-hmm. company leaders to attract, promote, and retain great women in B2B sales. Hmm. This is the book for the people who are mostly men um, because sales and business is you know, still predominantly run by men, led by men. Um, but these are the people that want more inclusive sales teams, but they have trouble. There's trouble in the hiring. There aren't enough women applying. I talk to people about this every week. And, and then they don't always stay. And so we have lots of tips and it's really a tips book, strategies, Mm -hmm. sharing some success stories and just more ideas that might, you know, help give you more candidates, more potential hires and ultimately uh, more great uh, sellers because of this. Interesting. You know, I, I, I didn't realize, uh, I haven't read the book yet. Uh, I didn't realize that it's not. I I just assumed that it was about how women could, you know, kind of be better at sales and break into the sales industry, Uh, but but it's not. Okay. No. So I am the target market. (laughs) But it's funny because um, it it's uh, that's what a lot of people would think. And that they'll, a lot of women will say, Oh, I'm going to buy your book. Well, if you're a woman and you're in sales and you buy this book, you're going to nod your head through the whole thing and go, yep, yep, yep. That's me. That's right. It may feel good and validating. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be validating. And that's what I found from women. Um, In fact, I'm going to a dinner uh, tomorrow night in Seattle 
with a group of women. It's called Vampire, which is really kind of cool. And um, and they're all getting the book. And, you know, I preface it by saying this isn't really for you, but it's, you know, give it to someone in leadership that's having trouble. And you can agree that, you know, most of the stuff you've seen or experienced in one form or another. So what made you decide to go with this strategy? Because I've been getting questions ever since 2015 when I first started uh, to help companies. I noticed in 2015, I, I walked into a, a, a room full of managers and I had met with them individually in their offices up and down the East Coast. And it was a, it was a privately held telecommunications company. And of this, I think 80 people, there were four women. And these are all managers and, and it wasn't a technology play. Like it wasn't a highly technical, you had to be, you know, I had to go through some tech, just have extra technology skills that a lot of men might have over women. It was just like a boys club. And I was appalled uh, when I walked in the room to see them all together. It just really stunned me. And I just wondered, is this the eighties? <laughs> Cause that's what happened when I was in the eighties. I was the only, and you know, why are there just four women in this room? And, and, and it just got me to start thinking about what hasn't changed and what has changed and why is this a problem? Because we know women can do very well in sales and we know that women can do very well as leaders. And just like anybody, men or, or women, not everyone is good in sales and not everyone is a good leader. So it's not a, a it's not anything that's by gender. It's more by skill set. Hmm. So, so let me play devil's advocate a little bit and just, why should I care? Why, why should I care about the diversity of my sales team? Yeah, well, we have a lot of stats that have been done over time that women, when companies add women to an all-male team in leadership, that revenue goes up, profits go up. And the same would be true if it was all all female and you added male because we need different points of view. Interesting. When we bring a different point of view. We bring different skills. We mm -hmm. ramp up differently. We onboard, you know, in a different way, and we um, solve issues differently. We we're typically not the great risk taker, but we do other things collaboratively, and our communication skills. And some would say some studies through Gong and other places would show that women are stronger in, in selling. That's not my point. My point is, if women are as good, just as good, why wouldn't half the sales team be female? You know, that's so I just I don't want it all. I just want half. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, you did use the our favorite buzzword of collaborative. <laughs> as you might imagine. Um, do you want to tell it's, us a bit more about that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's in fashion now that in sales, everyone's talking about, oh, you need to be collaborative, but it didn't used to be that way. I mean, I've been in sales a long, long time and it used to be kind of kill or be killed, you know, survival of the fittest and, and uh, you know, lots of war words were utilized in terms of how yeah. to deal with your prospects and clients and, and competitors. And, and now it's more, you got to be collaborative. You need a community, you need empathy, you know, 
this is what women do. This is what this is. These are the skills that we bring and we can infuse them in, in a team with our male counterparts and they can learn a lot from us. And I've had some very empathetic, wonderful male um, colleagues over the years as well. So don't get me wrong. I I know that, you know, there are some great male allies that we have. Um, and and it's just that many companies have just not looked as hard at hiring women. They say, well, they didn't apply, so they must not be interested. Um, someone told me just this week on LinkedIn, they said, well, women prefer customer service, uh, customer success roles because there's more of them there. And I'm like, well, one doesn't mean the other necessarily. Hmm. It's probably a lot easier and it's probably not a male majority atmosphere. There are a lot of women that don't like the bro culture. And mm -hmm. for years in SAS, um, there have been some very, very tough bro culture uh, companies. And a lot of that's changing now. So how can how, how can we address the, the pipeline issue? If uh, a company wants to hire women, and or they, they don't want to hire necessarily women but they they don't want to restrict themselves they want to hire anyone who's the best for the job um how do they get more women to apply so there are an, a number of things we can do to widen the pipeline and and one is to look among the other departments in our company often there is someone who could be a strong seller that might she might be in marketing uh, she might be in product. She might be even finance. I, I know of a woman who's a great sales leader today who came from finance and got great background, certainly knows the issues around building a company. And so that's one potential place. Another is to look at more unconventional service in the service industry. It could be retail, could be uh, hospitality. Uh, there are a lot more options. And, and then the other thing that I talk about is making an extra effort to know that just saying, hey, Sharon, you know, we have these opportunities if you're interested. Um, that not, may not be enough. I may need to go back and say, Sharon, if you come on board in this role, I have your back, you know, or we'll help you ramp up. We're going to give extra assurance that we want you to succeed. And that was an example that I gave uh, with Henry Shuck from originally Discover Org, which is now Zoom Info. And he did that when he was very frustrated about not having women on their SDR team. And the one woman that they really said, listen, we're really going to help you out. You know, we're going to be here for you. She was the fastest SDR to hit a uh, million dollars in ARR and to, she's still with the company today through acquisition and everything else. So um, that that's sometimes what needs to happen and not everyone thinks about that or maybe they're even willing to do that. Interesting. So I found, you know, my previous hat as, was a professional feminist, which is a fun hat to award. <laughs> but I, I guess... Um, you had said this book was for someone who's already on board and looking how to do the work. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have time to change the world. You know, right. it's, it's too hard to get the person like, well, if they were interested, they would, they would sign up. We don't want women because they might go on maternity leave. You know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't have time to work with some of those folks, but maybe somebody else does. I'm just here <laughs> to help the ones that say, 
we want to make it more inclusive, but we're struggling. Right. So I'm curious to know, because, you know, with, with, with things like maternity leave, right, there, there have been ways and there's research to support the fact that providing it um, will, will help your bottom line. Ethics, values, not as exciting, doesn't matter what field you're in, for-profit, not-for-profit, um, but when it affects your bottom line, and then that's when it matters. Um, is there a way to, you know, have you found any certain strategy or bit of research to that, that you would lean on in order to get people to that stage where they're ready to accept and be excited about reading She Sells? Well, like I said, I, I'm not here to try to change minds. I want to support the people that want to make change. And what I do know is that companies that post their values and post their vision and explain about the plan they have for professional development, for example, those interest women more than men. And so if you are looking for more women on your team, you do things like that. You don't just show your all male four co-founders and your you know four or five uh, male advisory board members. I mean, maybe don't even show them uh, unless you know you because you realize that's the first thing a lot of us do is we go to the website and we look, we we look at other websites, third party sources to see what your company is like and. If you don't do professional development, if you don't care about the world around you, if you know, if you don't support your employees, then probably a, a number of women are just going to fall off and you're never going to hear from them. So that's the first thing I would do is, is at least make an effort to, to present it in a way that, that women, in addition to men, you know, are going to be, it's going to appeal to them. Interesting. So Laurie, let's take things back a little bit. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're here now, you're, you're talking to us about how women can be successful in sales after having been successful in sales. What, what was that journey? How did you get started? Yeah, I, I started in my early twenties and I was a single, single mom. Uh, prior to that, I was in, uh, education. I was teaching and I couldn't afford to support my family when I became a single parent. So I looked to something non-traditional. I wanted to make, my goal was to make the same money that my male counterparts would make. And I wanted to have a good living and buy a house and, you know, do all those things. So I looked at all these different non-traditional options, very blue collar. And then I thought about technology and I saw a presentation from a guy talking about tech and I had a background in sales because I grew up in a family-run business. My, my grandmother, Mimi, had a women's apparel store when I was growing up. And all through um, part of grade school and middle school, I used to go there after school and, and on the weekend, work on the weekends and help. And I learned from her. She was a really good role model in that way. So I thought maybe I could sell something technical or in technology. That, that was my whole, I had no idea what I was doing. And I ended up stumbling into the, the big boom of microcomputers, of, of scaling down computer technology from mainframes, which is what companies had, mainframes and mini computers, um, to putting personal computers on everybody's desk. The, the Bill Gates, you know, Microsoft computer on every desk. 
idea and it, I just thrived in it. I, I started on straight commission and, you know, I was freaked out, super scared, um, but it, it, it worked out really well. And I, you know, never looked back. So what are some of the biggest differences in, you know, the sales process uh, back then and today? Yeah, it's funny because back then it, technology was so, it, it was really exciting. And and I think in, in some ways, you know, I saw that with SaaS when SaaS first came out and there were all, the, all these cool apps and really neat things. And it seems like the timing now that we're going through is, you know, oh, you know, another app, I don't need another app, you know, it's just it, the platform's fine, but it doesn't help our reps, you know, our employees are not gaining from it. So there's, it's a lot more scrutiny now. Um, I think it was just, it, we, we had a lot of fun when, when I started out, it was, it was really fun. And my first company that I worked for, it was not any issue whether I was male or female. In fact, it was like the idyllic first company for me, but it was my next company that I went to where they had never hired a woman in field sales. And I had to pretty much convince them to hire me after, you know, painful, excruciating interviews that lasted weeks and, you know, just a long time. And then when they gave me a chance, I, I closed a very large deal and then, you know, they, they never looked you know, they were very happy to have me, but I, I really had to prove myself. And that's when I realized there was some differences. And ultimately, my male counterpart uh, was rewarded in that company. And I ended up leaving, going to another company and taking the, my business with me because in the end, they really didn't um, stand up for me like they should have. Wow. Cut, cut through it. <laughs> How do you prove yourself today? Like what, what is a KPI or what is, what is a way to demonstrate um, early on um, or, or not so early on that this was a really smart decision? That's a great question for everybody. I mean, the, what I learned in sales in many, a number of different companies I was in is that, you know, the proof is in the pudding talks cheap. The person that just goes on and on about, we have this problem and that problem. Don't listen to them. If you're in sales, don't listen to that person. Just, you know, put your head down, get, get, get it figured out. Try, try the AB testing methodology. If try one way for a week, try something else and, and just perfect over time because selling is a craft. It, it's, it's not science. It's not art. It's a combination. And just like, I can't teach you both how to play the violin or how to become a master woodworker. You know, we have, to, we have to learn it over time. And that's probably the thing I learned most in onboarding reps. I, I onboarded a thousand um, SDRs and BDRs in a, a couple year period. And everybody said the same thing, you know, just show me, show me exactly what to do and I'll do it. But, it, but it's not that easy. You can't just show someone, here are the words, you know, here's the phone, here's the computer, um, good luck. Because <laughs> it just, it doesn't, there's just so much that we have to absorb and learn. And that's why I enjoyed being around other people so I could hear what they're saying. And, you know, going virtual is trickier. Um, but if there's a way to help 
you know, show people a success. Other people are having what they're saying and doing and just watching people work. I think it's a really, you know, success leaves clues. That's something I learned from Tony Robbins. Um, so follow the people that are successful, do what they're doing. And if you do that, chances are you'll be successful. You've onboarded over a thousand SDRs. Wow. In a three-year period, couple-year period. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where I learned because people would say, oh, you know, women don't have confidence. That, that's where I realized I, I didn't agree with that. And I know there've been books about it, things like women just don't have the same confidence men do. What I learned was that women verbalize things more than men do. And, and where a guy is about to get on his first phone call with, with a prospector, he's, you know, just learning how to do that, doing role-playing he'll tend to pick up the phone and just do it and not say much where the woman will be like, Oh, you know, I, I have to make a call. I hope they're, you know, I don't know what they're going to say. We talk more about, I do that with my husband. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. you know, and he's super quiet. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> it, it's, it's just more common that that happens. And, and it's how we were socialized. It was how we were raised and brought up. You must have just like amazing instincts at like seeing a salesperson and just, you know, a first time salesperson and knowing if they're going to succeed or not. How, how good are you? I like how, how, how often are you still surprised? How often are you still surprised? I guess is my question that, that like your impression on your first day is on a, on a, an SDR's first day is so different than like what they evolve into. Well, I love that you mentioned that because Due to the fact that I never was better than 50% in, in knowing who would be strong as a manager anyway, mm-hmm. I, I haven't really gauged it in my consulting practice, but I looked for tools to help me. And so now I work with companies on, uh, on assessment tools because there are core um, sales skills that that if you have those, when you come into a role, you're going to be more successful than, than those that aren't. And it included is the will, the will to sell. Like you might have the skill, but you know, if you don't need the job, you, you know, you can live on the salary, no big deal. And um, ultimately you're not really enamored about what you're doing. It, it's not going to be a good thing, even though you know how to do everything. It, it's much like I think I equal it to professional sports and I am a sports fan. Uh, And if, if you, we know these talented people that just didn't apply themselves and they just don't go far or they do really well in college, but they can't adjust to the pro leagues. And, and it's not unlike what happens in selling. Great analogy. Learn the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you mentioned some tools, what, you know, besides for, you know, the will, um, would you say the tools are are mostly emotional and psychological tools or are there any SAS tools that you recommend? Like what? Well, I have a, I have a whole program that I work with companies on through score more sales. So if anyone's interested, I'm happy to talk to them about it. It, They're tools with, um, with a lot of coaching and consulting wrapped around it. And it, it involves finding out whether someone is coachable because not everybody is. Not everyone is meant for sales. 
you can't just take anyone and turn them into a salesperson. And, you know, I guess that's a good thing uh, for right. a career, but people, a lot of people still think, um, you know, I have this team, I inherited a team, I'm going to turn them into top performers. It, it's, it, it's not, there's not so much you can do that there's a lot of things that are already predicated by who the people are that came into the role. So I say, if you're a new manager, a new leader, and a sales leader, find out what your team is like. You know, there are ways, and this is what we do with companies, is we help them figure out the people in the process and their pipeline um, just through some data and, and then use that data to coach up and for others to say, oh, okay, you're on to me now. So maybe I'll move over to a different role because I really don't like sales. And that's what we discover with people. No one really needs to be fired, you know, when we, when we look at results of existing sales teams. But some people will have discussions now about the fact that they really don't like what they're doing and they're not really comfortable or they're a new leader and they really want to be a rep like they were. And so they'll shift back to that and they'll be way more productive. Interesting. Can we talk about um, your work now in the state of the economy and how that's impacting what you're, what you want to be doing and what you are doing? Yeah. Well, this is, you know, my third economic, you know, I don't want to call it a recession because it's very different than what happened in 08, you know, 09. Hmm. How, how is, how is it different? How are, how are these three all different? I'm just, it, it was tragic. I mean, I thought 08, 09 was just depressing, tragic. You know, there weren't any companies that I knew that were really doing well and everybody was just kind of hanging on by a thread. And, you know, there are companies thriving right now. There are companies hiring. You see it on LinkedIn every day. Like there's some, you know, there were some really bad judgment calls in companies that ramped up and just hired everybody and their brother, um, you know, when times were good. But when when you see the Zoom downsize, you know, it's like, well, Zoom, I mean, they had to they had to bring on so many people to, to survive. So, you know, they they course corrected. And that's what it feels like to me, more of a course correction. And yeah, you know, it's about shareholder value and it's and not every company did it well. And, and I'm really disappointed about that. I hate to see young people, you know, in their first or second uh, role get just, you know, get get fired on in an email and, you know, have everything shut off. I mean, that's a terrible feeling when you're younger, when you have an experience that people like me, you know, until I owned my own business, I knew that I always had to have my back to the wall, you know, because that's the way it is in business. And and, and you have to advocate for yourself. And, and so a lot of people are learning that. Um, but I just feel hopeful now. I mean, uh, we're working with good companies that are hiring. And um, the ones that are not hiring, they want to reevaluate their teams. And they want to see of everyone on the team, where are the gaps and where are the strengths? And so that's what we do. So we do, we do well in tough times and, and good times. It, you know, it almost got too good there for a while. I mean, it was just like, you know, another SaaS company. It's like they're throwing money like candy. You know, it's just crazy. And so it's it's a course correction in my my mind. I hear that. When it comes to diversity or gender balance, um, in our case, um, how, how, is, how is that being impacted by the times? Well, 
a lot of the people that were let go were more of the last in folks. And a lot of those were probably female and or people of color, because a lot of companies worked as of late to get, you know, more diversity and build it inclusiveness. So I think we lost more women. Uh, we lost women the earlier previously with the, um, you know, just the, the state of affairs when we dealt with COVID because of the caregiving primarily going to women and even helping elders and, you know, not just people with kids. So, so we've lost, we've lost women and, um, you know, it's, it's just an ongoing push that, that we need to do. Uh, but I think a lot of it, I also heard from a lot of women who were over 40 who lost their sales leader roles, um, which is kind of interesting too. So, you know, I know when my company downsized the last company I worked at, I was over 40 in a, in a senior role. And that's, you know, that's where all the pay is, you know, we had the big salaries and things like that. So, um, so that was another thing. I think companies took it upon themselves to, you know, get in a good, better, much better financial position and get rid of some of the, the heavy numbers uh, that they were carrying around. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's really affected a lot of folks. Um, yeah. I, you know, gender aside, you know, I think it's just been a big, a big, uh, big, tough time for a lot of people. So I have a question about um, sort of in line with that about women's sales pros. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it has a for-profit and a non-for-profit arm. Is that right? So I'm curious about what it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's not, not, we're not a nonprofit, but what we have is two sides. We have a group of 50 sales experts. And so these are all women who uh, run their own companies and who get in front of organizations to help them grow revenue. And it was inspired by a woman named Jill Conrath, who has written a number of books on selling. And Jill was one of my mentors. She was really a champion for change. And initially, she wanted to see more women on the main stage at sales conferences. Women like herself, who were authors on sales and speakers on sales. And it was very often the case 12 years ago that it would be all men on the stage. And mm -hmm. maybe a woman would be up there talking about communication skills, but never a sales expert, so to speak. And that's why we we call them women sales experts that are in women's sales pros. Um, not because I think expert is such a great word, but it it's what the the men, our men, our male peers are sales experts. And so um, that's why we did that. And then we have the other side where we do consulting with companies to help them grow and help them get more women on their team and keep more women. So it's the thing I've been doing, you know, since 2015. Okay. Um, you know, one of the last questions that we, uh, that we usually ask on these podcasts is uh, if we, if somebody wants to get better at their job as an account manager or as a VP and of a sales team uh, who should he or she uh, read, listen to podcasts, uh, follow. Who do you follow for professional growth? Well, there, the strategy I've always had is to have a wide variety of knowledge, you know, to 
to be a, I wanted to be a communication specialist. I wanted to be a negotiation specialist. Hmm. I wanted to be a sales specialist. I looked to all sorts of different people. And I think that's the best thing is to not have any one person. But I will say that people aren't aware that there are over 40 podcasts right now that are about sales or revenue growth that are hosted or coasted or co-hosted by a woman. And we're, we're one of them. Yay. That's right. And I need to add you to my list. Actually, I, I have a list that I maintain Great. on our blog and because we would love to be on a list. That. You know, people will put together these podcast lists and they'll be like, male, 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 male. And like, oh, we mm. got to get, there's got to be a woman running a park. And then they find my podcast, Conversations with Women in Sales. And it's not the only one. You know, there's so many. So I encourage people to listen to different things, not because they're better, but because they're different. And if you hear something, it can give you the inspiration to make a change. And, and that's what I think is most important is to be open to new things and to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Great. Um, <laughs> can I ask you for people who want to buy your book, an important question, where can they go ahead and do that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go to Amazon. It, it's, it's available in Kindle and in paperback. And if anyone has a larger company with 50 managers or above, and you get a, a group purchase, let me know and I'll come in and speak um, virtually or you wow. can fly me in and pay me to do that. But, um, but I'd, <laughs> love to, I'd love to do that. We have uh, questions and other things that go with the book that can help um, build beyond the book itself. And let's let's end on just three bullet points of what are the 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 best and most important takeaways from your book on how to hire women and and find women for your sales team. Yeah. So if you have any women already on your sales team, get their advice and opinions mm. on an ongoing basis. If you're doing, if you're male, and even if you just want to see if, they, if you're doing things well, and if they have any suggestions, um, look around your company for potential women to be on your sales team. Um, look at university programs. There's There are over 200 universities that have sales programs in, in America. And there's some extremely good ones. Plus there are just some great students that uh, could be talked into trying out sales. And it's a skill that, you know, it's a, it's a very admirable thing to, to have years of sales experience. And it will help you in any career that you have. So um, there's no downside to for someone trying out a sales role. You could go ahead and sell sales. Yeah. Keep going and make a whole fun. That's <laughs> right. Love yeah, I love sales. It's been very good to me. Right. She Sells by Laurie Richardson, available on Amazon. Uh, Laurie, thank you so much for uh, coming to the Customer Cafe and sharing uh, your wisdom with us. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon. <laughs>